This is Roberta Foster. Welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. And today I welcome Katie Millar-Wierig to Author's Corner. She has written the book, Becoming a Mean, cross that out, Teen Parenting Machine. And it's a step-by-step guide to transform your relationship with your teenager. It's published by Karis Publishing. And she'll tell you more about how to find the book at the end of the program. But let me give you a little sketch into who Katie is. She's a former actress and top 10 Miss America contestant. She was actually Miss Utah in 2006. She knows the thrill of the spotlight but prefers the mountains and hiking boots. When her children were born, which she has five of, she intentionally chose to step away from the cameras and devote herself to raising her children. She has earned her bachelor's and master's degree in psychology. And we welcome Katie to the program today. Thanks, Roberta. I'm so happy to be here. So you were involved in beauty pageants. How have these experiences um, impacted your role as a mom? You know, it's such an interesting world being involved in Hollywood and, and the pageant circuit in that it kind of gives you this isolated experience of a lot of experience in a short amount of time. And while there, I was I was in um, a regular on a WB series from the ages of 13 to 18. And while doing that, I really saw what our youth and especially the young women okay. deal with because I lived it firsthand. And so when I, as I became a mother, it really changed the way I talked to my daughters and the way I teach mm. them what their worth is and who they are and what they can achieve and what's available to them. Because I think, um, whether or not it's intentional, I think our culture and what's outside of us mm-hmm. sometimes puts limitations on, on who we are. And so that's something that I really strive to do with my daughters. And so of your five children, tell us what combination of boys and girls you have. So I have two girls first and then three boys right in a row. Oh, okay. That's quite a divided <laughs> mix. <laughs> it is. And it's a fun mix. They get to be best friends with each other because they're just grouped together so yeah. perfectly. So did having two girls prepare you for having three boys? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. My girls were kind of naturally obedient little little angels in a lot of ways. And I thought when they were little that I was just, you know, the pillar of a great mother. <laughs> and then I had three boys in four years. So we had our kids really fast. Yeah. I had some medical conditions. So once. We knew that I could safely have children. We decided to do it really quickly. And, um, oh, my goodness, those three boys in four years, they made me rethink everything I knew about parenting and have to really come back and, and step back and say, okay, you know, get back to the basics. And, and they, they challenged me, but they bring a lot of joy, and yeah. I sure love my wild boys. Amen. Well, you call your book a step-by-step guide to transform your relationship with your teenager. So did you, were you experiencing some difficulties that led you to search out how to make those changes? Or how did you come to be able to learn all about the step-by-steps? So really, it came from my professional life. So within my coaching business and and how I work with other parents, Uh I realized that some of the biggest complaints that parents were bringing in was issues with their teenage children. And and usually it stemmed from a behavior issue. That's something they wanted to change. And as they told me, you know, I want to fix this, 
I knew from my professional training on also from my own time as um, parenting my own children that really the way to discipline and to help teenage children is through a relationship of trust Mm. that your teenage children cannot be told because I said so or go to your room and you know and and you and you can take away all these privileges you really can't because they have more independence now and they can get what they want Mm -hmm. they have their own money some of them even have their own driver's license and so controlling your teenage child is a lot harder and so changing behaviors through control just doesn't work. And mm-hmm. so what has to happen is it has to come from a place where the child really trusts the parent and trusts what they say is true and that they believe that, that the parent has their best interest at heart. And when that happens, you'll start to see behaviors naturally start to um, correct themselves because the child now has this relationship with their parent. And so this book stemmed from that. It came from so many people wanting services and help and wanting to scale that out in a way that could help Mm. other people get it in a quicker and more concise way than waiting, you know, three months to get into a counseling session or a coaching Mm -hmm. session. And the book really does. It just is all about coming back to the basics to teach what is missing in the relationship that might be contributing to some of the behavior issues you may be seeing in your child. And one of the things that I was reading a portion of the book, pages 39 and 40, 41, where you give us a sample conversation that I'm like, what dream world does this happen in? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, um, you know, everything was very positive. Um, The child comes down late and the child's not scolded for being late. Instead, a positive and an affirmation comment was provided by, by the parent. And so um, you have this five to one rule um, or suggestion. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the five to one ratio rule is that you should have five positive interactions to one negative interaction with your child. And the reason for this is that your child is still creating their inner voice, their self esteem, their self confidence. And that really originates from the home and from the parents. And so if the majority of your interactions, which unfortunately is pretty accurate for most parents, the majority of our interactions with our teenage children are negative. It is nagging, correcting. We get so little time with them that when we do get time mm-hmm. with them, we think that we need to, you know, put a plug in and say, you're doing this wrong or change mm-hmm. this about yourself. And when that happens, the child starts to create this narrative in their mind that mom doesn't understand me or dad doesn't understand me. They don't care about me. They don't get it. And so it, it creates this barrier. So the goal is to have five positive interactions for every one negative. The example you're referencing in the book is a morning between a mother and a son where the son is usually very disrespectful and difficult and sleeps in and won't get up. And and the mom would usually just one after another pepper him with, I can't believe this. Why are you so irresponsible? Will you just get up? Please just do what I say. Why do you make my Mm -hmm. life so hard? That kind of fight that would usually happen every morning. Instead, the mom changes her mindset to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to worry about the relationship right now, and I'm going to let my son mm-hmm. know that I love him and I trust him, and hopefully in return, he'll love and trust me back. And so as he gets up late, she says, oh, did you not have a good time sleeping last night? Did you have bad sleep? Yeah, I couldn't sleep well. Oh, I'm so sorry. And she didn't necessarily excuse it. She just acknowledged that he had a hard mm-hmm. time sleeping. She helped him get his lunch ready. She compliments him on his homework instead of giving him, and I told you so for his homework. And all of these little things, change the way that he reacts to her. Mm -hmm. He's no longer defensive, but he feels like he has a safe place to maybe even confide that 
he's tired of school or mm-hmm. he doesn't feel confident in school or he doesn't feel confident with his grades. And instead of him feeling like he's constantly on the defensive with his mom. So the five to one ratio, in my experience, in my professional experience and personal experience, has been one of the most mm-hmm. beneficial things parents can implement with their kids. I can definitely see that. We all respond better to positivity rather than to negativity. And we're going to talk more about that with Katie Millar-Wierig. And uh, she is the author of Becoming a Mean, which is crossed out, Teen Parenting Machine, a step-by-step guide to transform your relationship with your teenager. And it's published by Karis Publishing. And you're listening to Authors Corner 91.7. You're uh, also have the opportunity, if you missed any part of this interview or would like to hear it again, a brand new feature, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So back to what we were talking about, uh, positivity. Generally, children respond better to positivity than negativity, uh, but it's probably not 100% either. Absolutely, and I think you have to... Part of parenting is correcting, and you are going to have conflict. Conflict is not a problem. We learn in the home how to manage conflict in a healthy and appropriate way. So there will be conflict. The danger comes, think of it like a bank account, when you're making too many withdrawals and not enough deposits. And then in soon you'll be in debt, and you'll be in the red. And that's what happens with our relationships is the more negativity we have, which is unfortunately for many of us the norm, we are running on empty or even in the red mm-hmm. bank accounts with um, our, our loved ones. And so when we do give some sort of criticism or want to withdraw again and give, you know, some sort of advice to our child, they don't believe us anymore. They're just tired of hearing the nagging. And so if we can start from a place of a really um, healthy love bank account, then when you do say, hey, I noticed this, can we talk about this? And you do have those conflicting conversations. Your child is more likely to say, I know mom loves me. I know that she cares about me. Mm-hmm. She's always there for me. And so when she says something, I trust that what she says is going to make me happier. So, Katie, if there's one thing that a parent should start doing as a step toward this type of a relationship with their child, what would be the first thing you would suggest? That's a hard one to say, but I I would say to look at your child as the individual and appreciate their gifts and their God-given personality and really allow them to be who they are instead of try to change them. Because when we try to change who they are, we can change behaviors, but if we're trying to change their core, it creates a very unhealthy mm-hmm. foundation for our children. And because of that, it will create conflict in the family. Mm. And then you do write about the importance of faith uh, in guiding our teens. Tell us more about how um, faith in Jesus Christ actually helps to develop our teens' personality and behavior. You know, faith is the anchor for all of us. The belief that we are a child of a you know, omnipotent being who loves us, who there's always forgiveness, there's always a second chance, there's always a way back, is driving force that keeps all of us healthy and happy. Mm. And it's it's the same for mom and dad, it's the same for grandma and grandpa, and for our kids. And so teaching our children that there is a a Savior who, who loves them and will always love them is the great way to pattern our parenting and how we treat our children. And so I think the greatest example of love and charity 
is is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, if we have parents that are listening today that just think, I've blown it, it's impossible, there's nothing I can ever do to uh, resolve this and, and make a better relationship with my teen child, uh, what would you say to them? Well, this is exactly what the book addresses. It's how to start small, how to start mm-hmm. back at base one. But the big thing is to remember that time is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And over time, if we are putting the right effort towards that time, things heal. And and just like our Savior, Jesus Christ, is always coming back and always giving us second chances. And we've all seen people in our lives who make miraculous changes that we never thought mm-hmm. would, would change course. Our children have the opportunity to do the same, and so do do we. And so um, hope is the driving force of everything that we do. And so don't lose hope, but do make sure that the time that you use is not just, oh, time heals it. It's not, it's not necessarily true. It's, it's progressive time towards working towards that goal will mm-hmm. heal it. Mm-hmm. And so start now and start today to resolve to give more love to your child, to try to understand them better and try to resolve those challenging things. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. So today I'm talking with Katie Millar Wierig, the author of Becoming a Mean, no, actually Teen Parenting Machine, a step-by-step guide to transform your relationship with your teenager. It's published by Karis Publishing. And so Katie, uh, how can people find out more about this book and your other um, activities? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at The Balanced Mind Project. You can find the book on Amazon.com. Just search Becoming a Mean Teen Parenting Machine. And then if you are interested and you are looking for anxiety help, one of my biggest uh, coaching businesses is that. And it's at the anxietyhealingprogram.com. You can visit me at any of those three places and we can connect. And I would love to hear from you. Wonderful. So one more time, the book today is Becoming a Mean, No Teen Parenting Machine. We want to thank Kara's Publishing for giving us a copy of the book to talk about. And Katie, it's been a real delight and a pleasure talking with you today. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. This is Roberta Foster on the Author's Corner. Join us again next time.